0: What's up fight fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Monday, January 9th, 2023, and this week's episode, headlines precede the first event of the year. We'll be talking about a very, very busy, very just obviously it just you couldn't go anywhere week in the world of mixed martial arts obviously you know the obvious with uh, dana white uh, the passing of miss uh, victoria lee uh, jake paul entering the mma space and we will cap this week's show off by previewing the fight between uh, sean strickland and nazardine imavov as was announced just a few hours ago my name is gabriel gonzalez and i'm joined by my co-host natalie zamudio
1: hello double g i'm a uh... Sitting in a rain cloud. I don't know about you, but it's been raining out here for, uh, for hours, which is great. It's wonderful. It, uh, it's definitely a little gloomy and uh, missing a little bit of the sunshine. But, you know, we need the rain, right? So are you getting rain or are you uh, excised out of this uh, rain cloud?
0: Oh no! It's been raining all day, okay. and I was at work. I got to watch it from a window while I was toasty. It was so lovely. That's nice. And yeah. then I had to go to my car, and then it felt like the apocalypse. But you know, yeah, you survive.
1: It's like, yeah, it's, of course. The one day we get to wear a, a put our hood on our hoodie, pull the hoodie up.
0: Southern um, California problems. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing, man? I am well. Um, I am happy to be here talking to you. I got to say, after uh, you know, quite it's been just a. I don't even know, obviously the week since our show. So for fans who may not be aware, we recorded last Monday's show in the morning uh, after editing and all that. It did go out after, obviously, the uh, the breaking news and not going to act like we're not going to address it as everyone else had. Um, but I do want to start with something else, and that was the uh, heartbreaking news that came out yesterday. Um, the passing of a uh, one championship athlete younger sister to title holders Angela Lee and Christian uh, Victoria Lee at a uh, 18 years young um uh, I mean Natalie uh there wasn't really much to add obviously her older sister Angela notified essentially the world um is obviously confirmed by and you know touched upon by one and the obviously the ceo chatri Tong. uh it, it's very difficult and i know the internet obviously is out there speculating on you know you know what what happened to this you know young woman young lady and uh really just it, it, no answer really is fitting enough it, you know you just see this and i i was going through and you look at her social media and she's just got this big smile with her nieces and nephews. Um, she's celebrating the victories from her siblings in one championship. She was 3-0 and herself, I-, I believe as a pro, if not amateur, for one. And just obviously following in Big Sister's footsteps. And, you know, you read that and, you know, just... Uh, I don't know. It- it's not easy to hear the passing of anyone... Um it always hits different someone younger. I, I you realize this as you get older, I'm sure you know, just like you when you realize how much life you still got left, when you hear about it happening to a younger person is always it, it just is a little more heartbreaking. Um I'll toss it to you to take the floor on uh what you'd like to say. But uh yeah, it's certainly heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, that's the word I'm 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 thinking as well. Heartbreaking and tragic. 18 is super young. You know, it doesn't feel like it when you're at the age of, of 18, you know, just out of high school or about to be, not specifically in her case, but in general. Um, you know, you don't realize how much of the world and how much of your life you have ahead of you because, you know, nobody does. That's that's just the way it is, right? That's That's part of what's fun about being 18. You just, you know, you're not thinking about all those things that are gonna weigh you down in the future. So now as I'm, you know, uh, old, (laughs) I could say it, I'm pretty old now. So thinking about 18, it's like, wow, that's just supremely, supremely, tragically young. And knowing that, you know, according to Angela, it was the December 26th. Like that's just, that's just sort of makes it even harder because the period of time is holiday season. And now you can never experience that time again without remembering the tragedy that occurred the day after. So. It's just always going to be a wound and for the, for the family, and that's terrible. I just feel really bad for them. I really do. and and, and that's that's it, man. It's like those kinds of things that the less, the less is more because it's just such a profound loss. And so <clears throat> I will leave it at that because there's not much more to say besides, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I, I go back to it. I see those pictures of her with her niece and nephew, and I just um. I got chills on my arms talking about it, thinking about it, thinking about that big smile with her siblings and those kids. And it's um, it's not supposed to happen to people that young. I know it does. I know it has, but it's it's just not. And I just don't have any words to say. Um, I do look as always. You have a segment like this. You can't really segue. So, but I do want to say that it really put. We got that news every Thursday and it or sorry saturday and it it really put obviously the main talking point of the week much more in perspective and so for the sake of our show i'm kind of going to treat it as that um i'm not gonna rehash something all of you have already heard and seen and uh reacted to in terms of dana white and the new year's eve uh incident with his wife in mexico um Uh, obviously you know like anyone else it's um i don't feel good seeing it i don't feel good seeing anyone do it um i I can't say anything that he did not say i want to acknowledge and of course that everyone you know obviously unanimously agrees is reprehensible um it's not something that should happen to anyone not something that should happen um uh and now, you know, just really outside of reacting to that, I do acknowledge that, uh, you know, wh- where do we go from here? And to be quite honest, I don't know that there's really an answer to that. Um, and so I'll toss it to you, Natalie, just uh, your reaction and what anything you'd like to say before we talk about just really, um, I don't know, let's just say it. We can only speculate what these large entities, when we talk about Endeavor, ESPN, and yes, the UFC, TBS, what they're going to do next. So I'll just toss it to you before we continue.
1: Sure. Yeah. This is just bad. You know, I I know a lot of words, some of them are kind of big, but but when it comes to things like this, you just need the simplest, shortest, you know, monosyllabic words is bad. And... You just read about it, which is how I found out about it first. Or I think I think my husband told me, and it, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is terrible. When you watch the video, it's really really bad. And when you you're looking at the scenario with you know the wife have her face in her hands and and uh, she's clearly wanting to be anywhere but there not allowed to leave and you know then the slaps you don't need me to say and nobody needs me to say this there's no excuse for that there's no room in in the world for that kind of reaction i'm trying to be fair and say you know you shouldn't hit anyone gender excluded unless you're in a fight right and so a lot of folks are writing saying well she hit him first but come on guys this is still (laughs) this is still unacceptable behavior to hit women right unless it's two women in a sanctioned fight okay and it's something that i feel like i have to acknowledge because what we're talking about here is the world of mma where some of the biggest stars are 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 But again, I go back to the word bad, man. It's just bad. And so what happens now? When the entity that is Dana White is the face of MMA across the world, no matter the promotion, that's the first person you think of who's not a fighter that's in charge of the sport. Um, And then I think about precedent. If we're talking about a different sport, how would he be treated? How would the media be reacting? Um, I think if it was any other league, NFL, MLB, you know, NBA, it would be top news in all the um, online papers, TV, websites. Like, it would be everywhere, right? I don't feel like this is that. I don't feel like this is happening. And is it because people don't care about MMA enough still? Or is it because the powers that be that, are in charge of, are the, like the, the bigger brands on top of USC like ESPN and Endeavor are, are trying to keep this under wraps. I don't know. But it is odd to me that this isn't being talked about more in the morning news, in the evening news, on the, you know, the headlines of, of the newspaper website. So I don't know. You might have some more insight there. Maybe I'm missing something. But that's the thing that I think about the most then, the folks that are specifically MMA journalists at ESPN, we know who they are. They got to be feeling like they're between a rock and a hard place and a rock because (laughs) their career is talking to fighters. That's what, that's what their job is to interview fighters, talk about fighting. And the biggest get is always an interview with Dana White, right? That's always the biggest get. And what do you do now? Because if it was another fighter that you were interviewing, you would probably hold his feet to the fire, right? Can you do that with Dana White? I don't know. And this is one of those things where I really believe it's just going to get swept under the rug. In a month or two, no one's going to talk about it. It'll come up here and there. It's always going to be the asterisk. But he has the power and he has that kind of personality where he will just shut anyone down who tries to ask about it at media day. Would anyone ever dare? I doubt it. But should they, he would just say, I already apologized, I'm dealing with it at home, this isn't about MMA. Um, That's the last thing I'll say about it. There are so many, besides this last note, which is the, the grade schooler in me, which is to say there are so many jokes that you can make about What happened here? Even though it's not a funny situation, and Dana White's power slap lead, Um, I'm not gonna make them, but they're there. And it's like one of those things where it's terrible, terrible, but also the timing is just ridiculous. And uh, (laughs) and I I don't know yet what TBS has decided because I keep seeing um, headlines that it got pushed back a week. Now it's off the air. Then it's back. I don't know, but. I think if you're tbs you cancel this um because it makes absolutely no sense to continue with it and i'll toss it back to you on that
0: no that's fair the timing certainly is um you know it's not lost on anyone as the power slap league is coming right i don't think that's unfair to say you know it's not lost on people um yeah, so uh, I think my thing about it is that I acknowledge that UFC works differently than the other leagues. For example, there's so many decision makers when you talk about NFL, NBA, MLB. Um everything from in-house with each team and owners, you know, you have an you have a team owner, then you have a manager who does work with the owner and staff in terms of building the team and the roster and how they're trying to actually play with the coach they have and, you know, all the pieces, right? Then you talk about team owners. Then you have obviously bigger investors and then the people who are broadcasting it. It's not just about ESPN games and all this. A lot of them have a specific network or broadcast partner for a lot of their home games, those that aren't nationally televised, right? Then you talk about the bigger NBA, NFL, things like that, right? There's a lot of that. That the UFC just really quite bluntly doesn't deal with. Dana White essentially is the head decision maker. He does work in partnership with the ESPN. And obviously it is owned in the much bigger umbrella of Endeavor. That while the UFC is a big cut. It is still not even 100% or even 50% of their you know, overall reach. And... You know, what I go back to is that um, there's just fewer people involved. So when you were to say punishment or something like that about Dana White, this is a lot bigger than taking away the public speaker from the press conference podium. This is about, you know, something that would for sure... Remember, it's not just, oh, well, he talks and he's the promoter. He's the guy taking the UFC to other countries... He's the guy who's who got these deals done with Fight Island and all that. He was the one really pushing this, you know. So to say that, you know, it, it would be just as simple as, you know, maybe some other punishments that you feel have come down on similarly high status individuals in sports, I acknowledge it's a slightly different um conversation because of the nature of the UFC and MMA. So that's one Two, I completely get it. Obviously, um, ESPN is in a tough spot. The UFC, even though Dana White is a big part of it, it is so much bigger than one person. It's a lot of the creators and athletes and other um, just really production that are a big part of why they signed multi-million dollar deal. And quite bluntly, not only would it, yes, obviously hurt them not to have the content and UFC events to play, but obviously it would also hurt all of these other hundreds of people who put on an event that had nothing to do with this thing going on. It's not an easy conversation to say, hey, we want to see some action, but when action is not taken, hey, let's now start talking about the event. You know, I understand. It would feel contradictory. It's not lost on me that, like you said, the... ESPNs are stuck, it's not lost on me that, you know, this isn't an easy thing to navigate due to the nature of MMA. Um, my final point, I certainly get it. You you want to feel like you want to see these uh, larger companies say that this sort of uh, behavior is not okay. Uh, how they are going to navigate this is honestly anyone's guess. Um... Whether or not, you know, to start with the Power Slap League, um I mean, who knows? I think that they will honestly get to about, you know, today's Monday. It's supposed to air next Wednesday. It was supposed to air this Wednesday, now airing next Wednesday. I'm sure they will have a decision by Friday on whether or not they, they do pull through. I think that you have to acknowledge it's a little bit like The Ultimate Fighter. Um Dana White... Who knows how much voiceover work is done? he's done? Who knows how much, you know, how present he is in each episode? You know, if it was just about cutting him out of the promo or calling it just power slap as opposed to Dana White's, you know, dot, 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 um, then that would feel easier. If he is a noticeable, like seriously noticeable presence on the show, like he sometimes is for tough, you know suddenly how do you air this event this becomes a lot more challenging this isn't you know just about a little editing and tv magic this almost feels like you need reshoots just to get it on the air and let it feel like its own entity that isn't you know doesn't have all this uh, attached right now so look there's a lot of decisions to be made i'm sure they're gonna make them but that's pretty much where we're at with it um I can't really add more to that. Um, look, this is my job. This is obviously what I do covering and interviewing and all of this. And so for me to say, hey, you know, like what will happen, what should happen is uh, there's a lot of levels to it. Like he said, they're handling it internally um, with his family, um, I, I, you know, To point out, she came out and, you know, his wife made a statement about it as well. Uh, Unlike, for example, other, you know, incidents or cases, this is not one where there is an ongoing criminal case. This is essentially a reaction to a video that came out, right? So, I acknowledge that it is a little bit of a um, different kind of territory right now on how they're exactly going to handle this. So, that would be my final statement about it and just how I'm surveying the landscape with what we have available, what we know. So
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like the MMA world sort of has self-tied their hands or feels at least very strongly like they have their hands tied. Everyone from fighters up and down to media to, you know, sponsors, like everyone that you can think of that's involved in this world, I feel like they're really taking their time to carefully respond because this is not just talking about one large figure in the world of MA it's talking about the largest right so and- you know with Dana White being the only like entity of power in the in the sport it again it feels like everyone sort of is on eggshells is acting like their hands are tied and not necessarily because they don't have an opinion, a strong opinion or a clear opinion, because if it was a different sport, I think the responses would be more black and white. And that's not necessarily the appropriate way to handle a response to this kind of incident anyway. You know, even if it's an act of violence like this, there's still nuance to consider. And... So not by any means saying that everyone should be coming out and saying, this is, you know, this needs to be the end. Dana White should be gone. But it feels like everyone's a little bit choked up and um, unsure of how to present their opinion out of fear, concern, you know. I think that's fair to say. So where I think this could get interesting is if the the powers that be that are, you know, bigger than the UFC and ESPN and Endeavor or other sports leagues start chiming in. If pressure comes from outside of the MMA community, then you might see some consideration of, you know, Dana White's name being removed from things or his presence being restricted for certain events. But unless that happens, I, like I said at the start, I think it's just going to get mixed in with the rest of the news and eventually you know put into a you know a junk drawer and 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 that's it man as far as the tbs show you know yeah are they just trying to remove his presence his name from stuff maybe but if i'm them Personally, I thought the sport, if you want to call it that, the activity of Power Slap League was silly and ridiculous. And so I don't know how many people are going to be like, oh, darn, where'd that Power Slap League go? It was supposed to air this weekend. I I was really looking forward to that. I don't know how many people will be looking, will be wondering why it didn't air after all. So if I'm TBS, I feel like it's just not worth getting into this. You don't want to be tied to this this league with this man because of what just happened on new year's eve so for them i say get out of get out of the business um for espn and endeavor i mean i would be asking myself can this can the ufc run without dana white do we have enough of a structure to keep this going without him is he really the only is he really that important at this point to the business the success of the business? Those are the questions I'd be asking myself.
0: I mean, to put a cap on that, I I will respond to say if Dana White were abducted by aliens tomorrow, would the UFC still run? Yes. We'd obviously have bigger problems than that if aliens are taking people. But yes. (laughs) I Um, mean,
1: if they they take him first, he'll probably, you know, turn it into some kind of U.S., uh, you know, Earth versus aliens fight league, you know, so.
0: Hey, that would be. I would watch that, but that's not the point. Um, no, but uh, obviously, my point being is that um, yes, it would run, but once again, it's. I I am sure they a company this big has to have thought of this. Obviously, they would find a way, and you know, they do. Like, hey, doesn't en- do. Does everyone know what they need to do if this person were to not be here? Of course. Um, I do believe they're you have to imagine even then a company like this, this preparation to pass the power would be a deal that like, Hey, you know, like do all the, the pieces actually know how they would divide all this? Or is that something that's going to be up in the air? You know, as opposed to, I'm sure he would probably let everyone know so that things can run the way they're going to, you know, when he does choose to step away. But like I said, uh, once again you kind of addressed it like uh, it's just going to keep going back to the same thing how they all uh, handle it is going to be you know a case-by-case basis with just the nature of the sport and the nature of the UFC for sure um you know normally the next news story after everything I mean particularly before last Monday would have probably dominated the week's The conversation of the week instead we got hit with this one and it's not often i would say this i actually felt like it was a really really great distraction um jake paul has signed with the pfl to make his mma debut it's happening more importantly i called it i said it (laughs) i told you all on this very show and you know you guys didn't believe me but it happened (laughs) anyway um no you
1: did did actually it it sounded like it would have been an amazing you know news drop mic drop did you have some inside information or were you just thinking creatively
0: you know sometimes your imagination just works well anyway um you know what yeah look it's obviously um uh look uh, let's just cut it uh, right down Uh, this is very groundbreaking for the pfl they've essentially found a way to sign the one guy who could probably help them craft a successful pay-per-view they have not talked about their numbers even if only a hundred people bought that pay-per-view uh they they would never you know release that they would find some way to sidestep it and say we're good with it we're happy with it because that's what these companies do. There's nothing wrong with that. That being said, you talk about Jake Paul against anybody. The intrigue of him stepping into the cage. the Particularly the fact that he is with an a ESPN entity. He's, you know, the PFL and their status in the sport of MMA. And you talk about him being the tip of this spear that's most likely going to feature a Kayla Harrison. Um, you think... Kevin Lee obviously just got signed to the PFL today. Um, Like, that news came out. Potentially an Anthony Pettis, Ray Cooper, uh, some of the other, um, you know, Clarissa Shields. Some of these other potential individuals to be a part of what they're calling the super fight division sometime this year. It's massive. Don't, uh, you know, not even to mention if it were to be Nate Diaz. That's still very much not a confirmed thing, but obviously that's the one. If we're talking about making the amazing happen, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz on top of a pay-per-view that would feature whatever they build, this would be massive. This would be easily the biggest non-UFC MMA event I think we've discussed, potentially ever, just because of the star power involved. Um, bigger than, obviously, what was it, Um, Chael and Vanderlei, bigger than some of the other ones, This, uh, the afflictions and all that. I think that, it, you know, potentially in today's day and age, when you talk about the pay-per-view landscape, th- this is just huge. And then um, you add into that, if they were to get the Nate Diaz deal done, really, y- you talk about a complete... I don't know, I'll say this. For one night only, a shake-up of the status quo, UFC not being the biggest show in town, no matter what they were to put on, I think that would be really wild. And I think that's that's a testament to, one, they spent the money to get the deal done. Two, acknowledge, you know, Jake Paul is a much better boxer than anybody ever imagined he would be. Let's just say it like it is. And here we are. What is? Uh, what are your thoughts on... Yeah,
1: this is amazing news uh, because if you think about, like you're talking about, you know, UFC always has the biggest MMA show in town. That's true. Sometimes a few years back, Bellator would have the biggest show in town, but who were the who were the names? They were former um, UFC veteran, former UFC legends or MMA legends like Fedor. You know, when they would get all those big veteran names together on a card. And the UFC was either off that night or just had a regular UFC night card. Bellator would be the biggest that night. Now we're talking about PFL, the potential to be the biggest night, have the biggest night um, uh, in the near future with two fighters that are young, not anywhere near legends. Well, you know, of course, Nate Diaz is is already a legend, but not near retired, still you know in prime area the prime zone still huge names and so that would be the numbers would be interesting I like this for many reasons Jake Paul has continued to um, walk the walk um, walk the talk I guess I should say about promoting supporting MMA fighters getting better pay so far it's just working out for him but he's It's safe to say, it's fair to say he's blazing a trail. He's setting a path, right? He's creating a little wiggle room for other fighters to get in there and make some money in MMA too, outside of the UFC. He's, as you said, backed up the boxing talk, right? He's decent. He's not, he's, apart from Anderson Silva, he still hasn't fought anyone his size. However, there is skill there that we didn't expect to see. He's good on the mic. He's clever. He's creative. He has uh, really slick marketing tactics and the timing of this with on the heels of the Dana White news, you know, Jake Paul, I would assume isn't happy, just like, like nobody else was happy to see that video, but it's kind of like, see, I told you guys, not only does he not take care of the fighters, but now we have this and here I am young, hungry and rich, and I'm just trying to do the right thing for me and the right thing for the fighters. So this makes Jake Paul look, puts him in a very good light. And the callout from Nate Diaz is, again, smart. He's, he's nothing if not great at making clever callouts. Uh, he's still bigger than Diaz, so there's still going to be that, you know, picking on smaller MMA fighters. But at least Diaz is closer, right? I mean, Anderson Silva was the closest. But at least Diaz is closer than, you know, Askren or Woodley. And this is one of those things, should it actually end up being Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, one of those things that I always talk about where it's a pay-per-view event where you're just paying for the main fight. And this one, this alone, these two two guys going into a ring together would make a good amount of money on pay-per-view. And my only question then is to you, when he says that the pay-per-view events are 50-50 in terms of splitting the revenue between the promotion and the fighters, that would be 50 for PFL and then 25, 25 for Paul and Diaz.
0: Does no, well, have... t- technically, I believe it should be split. I'll say this 50 PFL. Let's say, hypothetically, like 25 Jake, the other 25, the rest of the undercard. I see. Depending on who they get, right? Right.
1: Well, he I, is the mastermind, right? So yeah. he should get more, I guess. Yeah,
0: I mean, here's the thing. He would obviously. He should get a bigger cut. We all mm-hmm. know what people are tuning in for. Respectfully. Yeah. Um. Have to, obviously there's a few things. One obviously fifty-fifty revenue sounds great, but you also got to think fifty-fifty of what?
1: Of what? Yeah. Compared
0: to a UFC pay-per-view, that's one. Not to say that it'll be bad, but you know, keeping it real right down the middle.
1: Does that S- also mean they don't get paid a purse? It's only oh yeah, they will. The back- they will. They they, oh, they, they
0: do. Okay. For sure, getting purses. At, People would not sign just straight up for sure. Gotcha. Okay. Um, secondly, the PFL doesn't actually have a middleweight division that would work for Jake. So is it another welterweight moving up? I mean, you know my thoughts on that. I'm not going to go there again. Secondly, um, I mean, imagine like 200, uh, catch weight 200 pounds, Jake Paul, Tiago Santos. Like, oof. Like, is yeah. he going to do that? But I did see Jake Paul throw out Mike Perry. And well, as entertaining as Mike is, he's not Nate Diaz, right? Yeah. So I do acknowledge there's a couple of these parts of the equation that before we put it in the oven, let's acknowledge that it may not be quite all that as much as we wish it would. That being said, I want to acknowledge this. Um, Jake Paul is throwing this out there for Nate Diaz. I completely get that boxing feels like it has so much more money attached than MMA. This is going to be one of those times I'm going to say something that I wouldn't expect. I don't want Jake Paul to box. Uh, To be honest, now that you've announced this, I think that fewer things could hurt this entire master plan than for you prolonging it to go do another boxing fight. I don't even want to see it. I feel like you've already said it. Let's just do it. Boxing, he, you're how old? Boxing will be there next year. Boxing will be there after your debut. Focus on making this deal right now while the iron is hot. Because quite simply, if, if he boxes anybody, I, one, I, I'm going to just say this. I don't see Nate Diaz doing a twofer. They're not doing a two for one. It's not going to happen. Um, I know I've said some things who haven't happened. I'll put some money on it again. It's just not going to happen. So, really, I don't really care about watching you box Tommy Fury. I feel like now that the heat is on MMA, I want it to be like a sweepstakes. I want to build up all of this to this really big fight. that That's what I want from it. Because I think to announce all this and set all these wheels in motion and just say, oh, by the way, guys, we're going to take a detour before we go. I would just be like, no, that... That just frustrates me more because now I'm like, let's get to the one we really want to see. um. Because really, you're not going to pick guys, you know, you're not fighting the guys at your weight class with titles. All right. You're, you know, it's going to be another showcase type bout, which, yes, they've been fun. But we've already discussed. We're ready for more. So. Right. That's how I feel about it.
1: So. So he, you're saying that he wants to do another regular boxing match outside of PFL before he does this? Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's, um, that does feel a little bit like a waste of our time, like to just sit around and wait to see this of the the juiciest of propositions of of Jake Paul's, you know, combat sports career yet. Um, But maybe he's just saying that to put pressure on Diaz. I don't know. Oh, you can't rush Nate Diaz, though, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Mike Perry, though, you could, you know, you could rush him. So, you know, (laughs) if you're willing to get in there with him, that would be, you know, interesting. Um, maybe there's the appetizer before you do Diaz, but then that kind of muddies the water a little bit. Uh, Because if Jake Paul, like, you know, you have to be very careful here. You want to, you want to, you don't want to look, you know, less than when you go in against Nate Diaz, right? You want everyone to see whatever MMA skills you have. Well, boxing first, I guess. But whatever boxing skills you have against Diaz first and then MMA, um, before you start, you know, bringing in the next level, lower level guys, you know, no offense to Mike Perry, but also I'm thinking, you know, Jake Paul, he has a wrestling background, at least through high school, right? So it's not going to be a complete, you know, like uh, S show uh, outside of the boxing uh, arena. So, um, So, you know, look, man, I agree with you the sooner the better, but you can't rush Nate Diaz. And so it may be a while. And then this could end up just being like big news that fizzles away, which nobody wants to see. Um, what can you tell me about what Jake Paul and or PFL said about when this would kick off when his first fight could potentially be?
0: I will say that they haven't really discussed that much. Um, I believe they said uh since last year the target is probably late summer. Um I I think I think August time feels like a safe bet. I think also when you look at the entire fight calendar boxing tends to do big things obviously around May, Cinco de Mayo, guys like Canelo and all that fighting around that time. They know UFC really runs the table around 4th of July. They usually have a big one in September. You gotta think they're probably going to try to target August if they're really taking their time. I would hit you with this one. I would actually hope they maybe go for... I'm going to say May. And the reason I throw that out is because you gotta think that gives them enough of a buffer that fans aren't going to be like, oh, well what's the UFC doing in 4th of July? You know, this would be a big event. They'd kind of would run it. Um, personally speaking, I don't know that they would necessarily put together a fight. that would be bigger. They would necessarily put them in conflict with UFC or sorry, vice versa. UFC in conflict with them. Like, I feel like they're going to, they're going to take their time. Like Alex Pereira isn't going to fight Hamzad in May. I feel like that's a 4th of July kind of card. That's a return to Brazil kind of card. Mm-hmm. Um, or Adesanya, you know. I feel like stuff like that they don't got to worry about. It is <coughs> making me nervous that we haven't heard anything about Jon Jones and Ganu yet. But it, you got to think something that would actually give them trouble for the Jake Paul fight. Um, probably isn't gonna happen if they time it right. So that's what I—that's my hope that they do with it when they put it on, sometime in May or sometime in August.
1: All right. I mean, I think what was the fight in August that Jake Paul said he'll never
0: do August again? Was it Tommy Fury?
1: Who did he end up fighting though?
0: No, remember he had one fight canceled last year. One fight canceled. Okay. And then he obviously did the Anderson thing. 'Cause they did tell me and then they did the Ramen Jr. Medicine Square Garden. Okay. And then Raman Jr. just never got the fight and Yeah. He got he he was supposed to get a middleweight Vitor, he got a heavyweight Greg Hardy. Um That's right. Yeah, so So um, yeah,
1: okay, so but that you know, that's the boxing like the boxing boxing world. But this is a PfL like what audiences is gonna be attracting? More MMA fans, more boxing fans, probably more MMA fans, and so in that case, I don't think August works the same for MMA as it does for um, boxing. If he goes May, though, that's that's kind of gutsy, right? Because that's like Canelo. That's the, that's that's the zone that is already mm. a little bit occupied. But that would be pretty. Uh, that would be a bold move. So because I feel
0: like June, then you're asking respectfully the fan base, like hey, you know, spend your money here before you know you want to spend your money on the UFC product, right? Yeah, yeah. You know. And also, who knows how much they open the checkbook. If they just start cutting checks, cut a check to cyborg, make it happen. uh, All of that is obviously on the table, right? So uh, I think that's something you really got to acknowledge. That almost feels like an all or nothing kind of move if you were to do... Let's say at worst, Jake Paul, Mike Perry, Harrison, Cyborg. I mean, that's like a, you know, one, that's a lot of money. If in the chance, let's say they make miracles happen, Jake, Nate, Kayla, Cyborg. I'm going to just say it right now. If that doesn't hit, don't even bother doing pay-per-views. You couldn't really try any better than that. And it would just be proof of the business, right? UFC is the only pay-per-view entity. All right, then fine. But, you know, I get it. It's so much revenue to be made, right? That's why these guys do it. You know, you've never heard of pay-per-view basketball. You know, uh, <laughs> I I get it. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's just my final point. Uh, real fast. Um, if, okay. We're throwing out Nate, Mike Perry. If you could think of another person to fight, uh, Jake, do you have someone in mind?
1: Oof. Uh, I guess. Well, I'm like they have to be free agents, or you know, some. I mean, uh, let's say high in the sky. Let's
0: say they could Bellator somebody. Let's say the UFC roster is out. Okay. I, I I'll give you two. I thought if Rockhold is done, if Rockhold could get out, maybe Rockhold Giga Musasi was one that also came to mind just on the size
1: you think rory mcdonald i mean could come out of retirement is that silly or is he too small
0: i think he's too small but i don't hate it if i'm being honest feel like hey why not red king yeah uh i feel like rory though i think even he knows it's probably you know the time for this kind of circus has passed yeah
1: the antics so uh, yeah yeah not his bag um yeah i don't know who else would be a good choice
0: yeah, Luke stands out to me if he's out of his UFC deal.
1: That's a good one, but Paulo
0: Costa because oh of boy. all this contract stuff with UFC.
1: Yeah, I
0: don't know that. Those are the two guys, but yeah, everyone else is kind of tied up. If I'm being honest, or quite bluntly, too good for Jake. I mean, much as I'd like to tease, we not. I'm not trying to see a dead body. I I don't want it. <laughs> We're not trying to throw the people's money away, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, if
1: okay, wait. When you're talking about who, if, if not Dane Diaz or Mike Perry, are you talking about boxing or MMA? MMA. MMA. Okay, yeah, rock hold, uh, question mark, kick to the head. That, that, that would be it. Um, yeah. yeah, that... <laughs> um, yeah, I think the best matchup, if you really want to see a fight, um, would be someone with kicks. Um, well, it depends. If you really want to see uh, Jake Paul knocked out cold, someone with, like... Just uh, excellent kickboxing Um, and also good wrestling, which is actually your man, Luke Rockhold. Um, Yeah, that's that's a a pretty solid matchup there.
0: I mean, there's just a we'll find out. There's just a quite a few options, so I'm sure we'll figure it out. Um, What is it? Okay, let's hit a few other fast ones as before we, so we have some time to breathe with our yeah. new main event. Tatiana Suarez, Montana De La Rosa, February twenty fifth. Uh, about three years out, four years out for Tatiana. Montana fought last year. Montana, you know, um, not quite on a win streak, but I, I think she's coming off a loss. But you know, kind of been a little up and down. Obviously, Tatiana would be moving up to flyweight now for this one uh if you asked me last year 2021 sorry i would have said amazing time for tatiana to come in i think we all did just her versus rose at the time her versus valentina There was just a lot of intrigue there i acknowledge that while she still could shake it up the competition right now is feeling very very difficult when you look at a manon fior tyler santos Even if she were to go back down to strawweight and you look at Zhang Wei Li right now, uh, Jessica Andrade, if she gets back after it, Amanda Lemos, all of it really, you know, she's coming back at a very competitive time. Is she a major player? Absolutely. But I acknowledge coming off of the uh, injuries and all that, just getting a win isn't going to be quite enough to sell me. I think that it's a big she's going to need another big win after this one. Obviously, this was, would be a big turnaround for Montana. That being said, when you remember what Tatiana was able to do prior to the ACL injury that kept her out last year, the neck injury that kept her out for the majority of this time before that, it's, it's a tough mountain to climb, but I remember how big of a beast she was before she left, and it's like, oh, imagine. So I, I will say there is a Good level good reason for excitement in this one what about you
1: yeah i was gonna say even though you're what you're saying is totally true the competition is is a lot tougher now than when she was starting her climb let's not forget and i say this completely complimentary she is really big and really strong like it it, you know and she has this this very very deep wrestling skill set so the only, my only concern would be, you know, the old uh, ring rust, not, not, uh, so, so more mental than physical, because even though she's been out with with serious injury, especially the neck one, you know, she's not just sitting on her butt. So if she's not exercising her body, she's exercising her mind. So I think she's ready to get in there, and I think she's still going to be bigger and stronger than most of these 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 other uh, fighters in her division, the new division. So I'm actually excited for it the matchup itself is a good matchup for her to try and get a win and for Montana de la Rosa to say you know you know I'm still I'm still here I can still do do great things watch this um, this is just the tip of the iceberg for Tatiana Suarez I think because if she can really put on a good show do something significant, a big finish like, I think she will quickly be moved into into the, the higher echelon, the upper echelon of the of the competition. It, uh, I'm glad she's back because when she was starting to climb, that was always sort of like the biggest threat in the room at straw weight, right? Thinking of her fighting someone like Rose Namajunas, who is like a complete martial artist, but then you look at the size differential and it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, geez, that could be interesting. So, this is this is exciting. I'm glad she's come back after a really, really lengthy layoff.
0: No, for sure. I think we're going to have a lot to enjoy uh, going into just these next few months. I obviously hope a couple more big announcements get made soon. Um, one of the more unexpected ones, and this one almost, um uh, this one had a left field, but it was like, okay. Uh, Habib, Nurmag- Coach Habib. Obviously, Habib, the fighter's been retired. But I guess Habib also spoke with the team to say, guys, I'm probably going to be taking a step back. He is still going to train. It's not like he's just completely abandoning the team, but he's kind of said he's essentially going to step away from coaching all of the travel, all of this and that, you know, he wants to spend more time at home with his family. Obviously he's got his own businesses outside of MMA to cultivate, Um, you know, back home in Russia. And, Essentially, you know, this one kind of came out of left field for the simple reason that he behind Javier Mendez, per his own words, he really essentially was the architect for a lot of his teammates. You think he was there for Islam Mahachev to get a UFC title, um, not in the corner, but obviously part of the camp for Usman to win, a, you know, the lightweight title Bellator. Talk about the strides being made by Umar, guys like that, uh, you know, in the rest of the UFC. He really was on a roll. And now to hear that he's necessarily not going to be as hands-on, not as uh, frequent flyer miles, not going to lie, a little surprising.
1: I'm surprised too. Um, I'm, I'm surprised because once he retired from MMA competition and we saw the success of him as a coach and the excitement with every time his fighters won. It seemed like okay, you know, he's found the nice post retirement phase place for himself. He's going to be a coach and and you know, do this. But then we get this news and I say to myself, well, you know, it kind of makes sense. This is a very Khabib way to to go, right? He did everything. Anyone would want to do an MMA retired undefeated as champion had this spectacular year uh, as a coach. And it's like, what more do you want? What more do you need to do? You don't need to do anything. And if financially, so you don't need to do anything as far as, you know, accolades in the sport. And if financially, you also don't need to do anything, then why not go enjoy your life? Change the pace? Because this is, even as a coach, it's got to be a grueling pace. Your mind's got to be constantly focused on your fighters, on keeping them, in the right condition, um, you know, doing the right things. It's got to be a lot of pressure. Plus you have to be separated from your family a lot. So this makes perfect sense. And it's so smart, you know, another, another classic, uh, go out while you're on top scenario. Talk about someone who does it their way and only their way. Maybe he'll come back if he wants to, but like, there really is nothing more to do. He's already, been you know he retired as champion his student has now taken over the belt and like walk off into the sunset you know that's that's how it looks to me and i can't argue with that for a second
0: i mean this idea leave him wanting more i mean the guy's like he's left while we want him to fight more he's left while we want him to coach more (laughs) it's really um you know, I I will say, I, I do think that he will still maintain a slight presence. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll say this. If he's not there for Islam Mahachev, I, I would be truly shocked. And not that he obviously isn't free to do whatever he wants. He doesn't know anyone, anything, even his team. You know, just the message we've been sent over the last few years and then for him to just be like, hey, I'll FaceTime you. I would find a little shocking, but once again, like you said, he's kind of won the game, right? Like, undefeated, went out on top, Hall of Fame, coached his buddies the following year to titles. Like like you said, what more? So, yeah, I think it's really something... uh, I mean... We kind of said it and I, I admitted it is like, I would have loved the whole Charles versus Habib and all that. As you get through that event in October, you realize why it was always, it, it truly was a done deal. It was never going to bring him back. So, you know, I get it. But yeah, I just find it very shocking. It feel like a 180 not to see him around, but that's his prerogative. If the guys feel like they've had his support and... Now it's on them to take it the rest of the way. Power to them, but for sure. I mean, imagine if he owns a business and he's like, guys, I'm just going to start golfing. And then he joins the PGA Tour. It's like, what? You know, apparently he could do anything. Apparently so. he can do anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, Natalie, just about, what is it, maybe three hours ago, we get this news. Kelvin Gastelum is out of this Saturday's headliner. Stepping in will be Sean Strickland. The fight is still a five-rounder, but at 205 pounds. So, Sean isn't going to try to make that cut down to 185 on short notice. Um, I'll, I'll start with the easy part. Reaction to the news. You see Kelvin Gastelum, his teeth look messed up um uh, on twitter and it looks like somehow he was sparring and had a late accident what are your thoughts
1: yeah (laughs) mess messed up is an understatement uh one tooth gone another one hanging lower than it probably should a little Mm -hmm. bit of blood in the mouth um my yeah so i'm very very surprised because what's today monday yep at this stage in the in the fight week game, I mean, this is the beginning of fight week, right? Usually, at least what you see from Embedded and, and all that uh, stuff is, you know, people taking it easy, light, light sparring, you know, nothing aggressive. So my question is, what the heck happened? Was he not wearing a mouth guard? What? And if he was, then, then really what happened? And... You know, the the cynic in me is thinking, well, you know, it's just one tooth. You can still fight, right? <laughs> um, but um, disappointing. I'm not thinking – I'm not disappointed for myself. I'm not disappointed for the fans. Just for him because it's been a slog. It's been a crawl trying to get back in the win column, trying to get back to the place where he was when he went to war with Adesanya. And every time he fights, or in this case almost fights, I just keep thinking, ah, I think he's getting – He's going in the wrong direction. I don't think we'll ever see that Kelvin Gastelum again. And that's okay. I mean, he had a a great moment of glory. I'm not writing his obituary by any means. Uh, But, you know, it just doesn't seem like we'll get back. He'll get back to that place. But it is what it is. Um, You know, he's smiling in the picture. He seems like a relatively happy-go-lucky guy. So, you know, okay, That's, that's, that's a shame not a good way for the UFC to start the year off. But Sean Strickland is entertaining. You know, he's going to go out there and, and, you know, put on a show, whether he's, he's the one um, knocking someone out or getting knocked out himself. That's just the kind of guy that he is. So in that respect, I think it's a good, it's a good matchup, short notice matchup. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually excited. How about you?
0: So my thing always is that uh, sparring during fight week is one of the worst decisions. Not because it's very close to the fight, obviously, but look at what happened with Jeremy Stevens' Dracar Close. You know, he was really worn out, and when he got shoved, the whiplash forced him out of the fight. And it's like, that kind of thing doesn't happen when you're fully hydrated and a lean machine like these guys tend to be, right? So... The fact that Kelvin was sparring hard enough to eat whatever he ate um, this late in fight week when, you know, your body, you're essentially really draining it to make weight, right? That's why you put all the hard work in before. I I just found it a little, you know, like, how does this happen this late? you know, like maybe hit some pads the Monday before the fight, but you know, he's, he's doing hard rounds. I don't know. It could have been an accident. I, I do want to acknowledge that for sure. Anything could happen. They're not, they're not practicing to throw a ball in a hoop and things like that for sure. Now, um, uh, look, when he gets back, I'm sure it'll be interesting. That being said, uh, Sean Strickland, very, okay. First of all, You go from headlining the last event of the year to headlining the first event of the year. I I feel like that's got to be a first, right? That's one. It's got to be, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Secondly, the way that fight with Cannoneer went, I think it was a lot closer than people uh, thought it would be either way. Um, Some people said you could make a good case for Strickland. Um, Obviously, Jared got the win, but you go five rounds, then... you know, it's only been three weeks, four weeks since that fight. You know, short notice, turn it around for another five rounder. Okay, I see you Sean. Um stylistically he brings the same problems he always does, uh movement, um conditioning. Both of those things I think this will be a very interesting test. How much does that training camp help you to dial in to do what he tends to do? So uh you know, high volume. Obviously, he's very good at not putting a lot into it, staying in your face, uh, throwing a lot. Is all that going to be on point? Is he going to be able to defend and move is just as dialed in without weeks and weeks of preparation? He always kind of makes it sound like he's rolling out of bed for these fights. Everyone and their mom knows he isn't. He's a good training partner. He hasn't been kicked out of the gym. He may be saying some things in sparring. No one seems to confirm whether or not he's actually that psycho when the cameras aren't on. Okay, then you talk about Nazardini Imovov. This guy, very tough, uh, up-and-comer, obviously broke into the rankings last year. If I'm not mistaken, he was supposed to do contender series, and then he ended up getting a UFC uh, contract just straight up. Like, he was going to fight Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. Instead, just, you know, he comes in, and he's been doing his thing now for a minute. Uh, he did drop that fight to Phil Haas in, you know, 21. Since then, he's on a three-fight win streak. He got that win over Joaquin Buckley. Uh, I want to say it happened in Paris. So you're talking about a very sturdy up-and-comer, can defend himself on the ground, knows what he's doing, but he prefers to keep the fights on the feet. That does stylistically make this different. Because Kelvin, very good, but I think it's a more complete attack. Nazardine now kind of gets somebody who's probably going to stay on the feet. And now you really got to incorporate, okay, implementing his particular attack against a stylistically different striker. Also the idea of um, 205 pounds, but still 25 minutes. So what that says to me, okay... If this isn't going well, he may just try to really wear down Sean. See how tired this guy is actually going to be when we hit round three, round four. Because you, this guy was probably on vacation two days ago. Now probably. he's already <laughs> back at it. So all of that means there's there could be some tactical choices made out there if it isn't one-way traffic for Nazardine going into this. So it makes it very interesting that way. Sean, if you think about it by the numbers, he's still a huge step up compared to Kelvin. So I want to acknowledge that. That being said, you kind of feel like Nazardine... When you got a full camp compared to a short notice and you have the kind of technical game he does, it's hard for me to see you not finding a way in this particular fight. I could see if Sean had this really dangerous weapon in terms of like knockout power or submission game really he kind of does his best work wearing you down over the whole 25 minutes that feels like it should play into the game of imavov but yeah it's still going to be um i don't know competitive but i'm going with imavov for the win probably decision what about you
1: i think he'll win also but I think he can get a finish in there. I think Sean Strickland's going to try and, yeah, like you said, he's probably coming off the couch or something to that respect and to that effect, I should say. And so I think he's going to try and get this over with in the first two rounds. And he's going to throw everything he can to finish, probably won't be able to, and then maybe he'll get countered or something. I'm thinking nasruddin TKO round three.
0: All right, alright. I see you. I see you. Yeah, not um not. by the way, That's not for funny. nothing, Eric Nixick thinks he's Trevor Whitman or something. He will be coaching in the last three fights of the night. So Oh my goodness. But yeah. not
1: even Trevor Whitman did that. He had his broken up. <laughs> there you
0: go. The man wants some overtime. Yeah. Alright. I, I see you I see you, Eric. <laughs> but yeah, no, um it's gonna be a very interesting one. Um I'm interested what I don't think anyone's going to talk about it this week at media day. Obviously the the elephant in the room, but I'm sure it's something. Um, I will say we are probably not going to see as many familiar faces as we thought we were next week. But it is still a pay-per-view week. UFC returns to Brazil. You've got the light heavyweight title fight between Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill. Uh, The number four flyweight championship title on the line. Davison Figueiredo against Brandon Moreno. Uh, what are your thoughts as we look forward to next week?
1: So, Figueroa Moreno, four. Can't believe I'm saying that. Guaranteed war. You get your money's worth right there. Uh, Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill. Fight we never saw coming. But is it is it is it a really awesome matchup? It is. This is Glover Teixeira's moment to really cement. He doesn't need to cement his legacy. It's well in hand. But this is one of those icing on the cake, cherry on top moments for him. If he gets the belt back in, um, in, in Brazil, like, would you walk off into the sunset after that? I think I would. What do you think you would do if you were to to share and you won the belt?
0: Man, it's so hard for me to say just like, man, take the belt and run. Don't get paid. I kind of would
1: Grab a bowl of macaroni and just keep running.
0: (laughs) Yes. But it's like, ah, Uh, here's it, can I be honest with you? I think yeah. that of course I think Glover would be like, should, like I can do it, but it's just not my style. Like if yeah. I'm gonna go, I let, you know what? If I get beat up on the way out, I get beat up on the way out. But I want to do it my way. I don't want to. Yeah,
1: you that know. full samurai. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So I, I would give Glover that credit. He knows. Uh, I, I'll put it this way: if he does get that win over Jamal, he's probably gonna think you know, this is probably as good as it's ever gonna get. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay that, you know, like, I'm not calling it a night today. I'm, if it, I'm okay that it doesn't go my way, because at least I went out there. And I believed in myself and all the work everyone puts in to try it on the next one while I'm on top. But Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's aware that like, if he wins, like, it's probably never going to get better, but that's okay.
1: That's okay. I and like
0: I, it. Yeah. And then uh, my dude, Gregory Robocop, I was watching him fight. He's on the card. I want to see how it all comes together. You got Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny. You got Dr- just Gondraj, uh, Lauren Murphy. So as a, a full, fight. as a full package, Yeah, I really like it. It's not lost on me. Okay, you know, we have a couple of from left field with Glover Jamal. Obviously, if it all comes together, it could be really epic. But I do acknowledge that, like, okay, you know, this... um, It might need a little bit of heat up. It might need a little bit of that magic to be as special as you want it to be. So, that's where we're at with it. So, we'll digest it. We'll get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. It was a long episode. Remember, like, comment, subscribe...